0: Celebration, because this is this is a huge deal. You guys have come together and done something. I I, I don't I try not to compare us to other churches very much, but I want to tell you something. When it comes to Operation Christmas Child, it just sticks in my mind when I hear a church announce how many boxes they're doing. You guys are doing more boxes than churches double the size of Ramsey Heights because your heart is in sharing the gospel with the world. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of this church, and I'm so excited that God works in such a way in His people right here that, that things are changing across the world world because of you so today today we are celebrating that we're celebrating this this joy of the accomplishment we have but I want to say this as well listen the accomplishment is not complete yet because what we've done is we've collected things we've donated money we've paid the shipping costs we've had the packing party and we've packed the shoe boxes we're ready to send them off but our goal listen our goal is not to pack shoe boxes That's the process to the goal. Our goal is to introduce children to Jesus Christ across the world. And what's about to happen is as these boxes leave us, as we see them for the last time, we're turning them over to God and saying, God, go introduce yourself to these kids across the world. So today, while we are celebrating, today is also a day of dedication as we give these to God and put them in his hands and say, God, it's not much, but do something amazing with it. On Tuesday night, I I had the uh, ability at light the night. My character in the scavenger hunt, if you know what we're talking about, I got to share the story with kids from our neighborhood about Jesus feeding the multitude. You guys have heard about the 5,000. It was more like 20,000. And I got to share the story with them of how a, a young man took a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread and placed it in Jesus' hands. And it wasn't very much. But in the hands of Jesus, he takes them, he multiplies them, And he creates a story, a a legend, if you will, among the community that shows who he is. He took small physical gifts and used them for an eternal purpose. That's what these boxes are. That's what we're doing here at Ramsey Heights. We're not just giving things to people in need. We're putting things in the hands of God. And listen, I want you guys, everybody look at a box. Pick a box. Just look at it. i pick that one. Every box in this building already has a kid assigned to it in heaven god already knows from exactly where it will go from this room to where it will go and which trailer to which ship to which plane to which elephant or camel they put it on the back of and what kid is going to grab that box and the joy that they're going to get from seeing what's inside and so what we want to do is as god knows that and as he's doing that we want to just mobilize in prayer we want to mobilize in celebration and say god do something in that kid's life take care of them open their heart to your gospel well this morning we uh, we started with some different songs did you guys like that i loved it rick you did a great job i know i know i know, I know we all started laughing and stuff but it was it was not you it was the screens and and uh, man that was that was awesome but we, we started with a song this morning uh, we started with a song called jesus loves the little children how many of you guys sung that when you were little it's true. It's a true song. Uh, I, I really could have thrown y'all off this morning. Apparently, I was looking this up. Jesus Loves the Little Children has um, different changes to it. People have changed the lyrics of it. So we're familiar with the one, Jesus Loves the Little Children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. You guys know that one, right? Uh, I was looking at it. People, people have changed this over time. And we actually had to look at the lyrics to make sure we had the right versions this morning. There's another version that says, Every Color every race all are covered by his grace that was the baptist we're like that but that doesn't have enough grace in it we gotta change the lyrics so we put that in there um there's another one i I like this one uh fat and skinny short and tall jesus loves them one and all (laughs) not offensive at all but okay as a skinny person you guys ready for this one this one ain't even funny pink and purple, green and blue. Jesus loves the Martians too. I'm not sure that one's theologically accurate. If there are Martians, Jesus probably loves them. Now, we sang this song this morning. This song was written by a guy named Herbert Wilson. i got a picture of him coming up here in just a second. Uh, Herbert Wilson wrote this. And let's take a second. Can we just admire those glorious sideburns? Those are awesome. And you guys know I'm jealous of anybody with facial hair. So, uh, But he wrote this. He was a pastor, and he was a master of illustration. You see up there him with a bear cup. He would routinely bring a bear cub to church and use it as an illustration for gospel truths. And I think that's awesome. So if anybody wants to catch me a bear cub, I will use it, I promise. Uh, But not only did he use it for illustration truths or or, or the bear cub, he was also a sleight of hand illusionist. And what he would do is he would model and give an example and illustration of Jesus's miracles using sleight of hand illusions. He was so good at this that he wrote a book that detailed how to do those allusions and what the biblical story was that went with them. And that book was one of Harry Houdini's favorite books. That's how good this man was. And he used his talent to to share the gospel with everybody. And as you can imagine, because he was so unorthodox, his church were full of children. Instead of being kind of bored at being in church, they were moving their necks and trying to stand up on the pews because they wanted to see what was going on. And he wrote this song and dedicated did to those children and here's the thing I love about that song that song captured his heart for ministering to children but what it actually captures is Jesus's heart that was reflected in Herbert Wilson Jesus one time was sitting around and this is, this is from Matthew 19 I have not forgot about Luke 5 I will meet you there I promise but, but you guys have heard this story it says then the little children were brought to him that him is Jesus that they might put his hands on them and pray but the disciples rebuked them but Jesus said let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven and he laid his hands on them and departed from there so here, here's the story of what's going on here. Jesus, Jesus is teaching, and all of these parents begin to bring their children, and they're like, let's take our kids to Jesus. Let, let's get them to him. Maybe he can pray for them. Maybe he can bless them. I think Jesus was delightful. I really do, and I think he would have loved that. And as they're kind of ushering their kids towards Jesus in the front of all these adults, the disciples decided, we're on guard duty. And they started going, nope, back those, back those kids up. We don't, have, we don't have time for kids today. Jesus is very important. He's very busy. Get the kids out of here. We don't want them. Now, what you need to know is that the way we as Americans view children is not the world norm. In a lot of cultures in the world, and including in Jesus' time, children were not precious. They were not loved. They were a nuisance. They eat a lot. They take up a lot of time and attention, and they give nothing back. Okay, that much has not changed. That hasn't changed very much. But the society said they're useless because they have no value to society. Therefore, we, we don't have time for them. And that's what the disciples are doing. He's saying, we don't have time for that. We, we don't have time for, for those creatures. That one still has Oreo on his mouth and that one just peed. And we, we don't have time for that. But listen what Jesus did. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, no, you let those kids come to me. Jesus would, at another time, take a small child and sit on his lap, and he would teach and preach. He said, you have to have a heart like a child to come to me. You have to come to me with a childlike faith. Does that mean as an adult that we can't come to Christ? Absolutely not. Adults come to Christ all the time. But for kids, it's easier. It's easier to place their faith in the goodness of God. So on your your take-home truths today, if you're joining us, we have take-home truths. They were in your bulletin. Your first take-home truth, number one, Jesus delights in the faith of children. For children, it is easier to come to Christ. Uh, One study says that 64% of people who place their faith in Christ do so before their 18th birthday. I've seen another study that puts that number closer to 78%. Either way you put it, the majority of people who will come to know Christ as their Savior, who will accept His salvation, who will spend eternity with Him, the majority of them do it before they turn 18. They come to know Him for real at that point. So let me break this down for you and see if this makes sense. Our mission at Ramsey Heights is to make disciples of all nations. We say that every Sunday. So if our mission at Ramsey Heights is to make disciples of all nations, and most people become disciples as children... What that tells me is that the children of all nations should be our mission field. Say amen if you agree with that. Amen. And so we pour out our resources. To reach the children to bring the children to Christ and you're like okay well that's great but how do these boxes full of crayons and combs and coloring books and shoes and really cool toboggans that our ladies knitted for them out of love how do these boxes bring people to Christ what what does this do well this goes back to what we see in scripture about how Jesus ministered to people and brought them to faith he, he, would, he would have this, this particular way of bringing people to faith. And I want to share a story with you from that, from, or of that from Luke 5. Uh, This story involves all of our favorite apostles before he knew Jesus. The Bible will say Simon. We know Simon to be who most of you know as Peter. The the story is about Peter. Peter has been fishing all night and he has caught nothing. This is Arkansas. Some of you know how that feels. It's not a very good feeling. But for Peter, it was his job. And so in this moment of Peter's failure, he has this encounter with Jesus in which Jesus presents pursues him brings him into faith and then assigns him a job so what we're going to do and we're going to move through these next take home truths really 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 quick what we're going to do is i want to read this story and i want to look at how did jesus make disciples how did jesus bring people to faith and then we're going to ask are we using the same model of making disciples as jesus did so if you got your bibles open read with me luke 5 starting at verse 1 So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Geseret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Simon is who? Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "Launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." But Simon answered him, to, answered and said to him, "Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, O Lord, or depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. So Jesus' patterns of making disciples, point A on your take take home truths. The first thing we want to notice about how Jesus made disciples. Point A, Jesus did not rely on teaching alone. Write that on your heart for just a second. Jesus did not make disciples simply with words. So as Jesus is teaching, he gets into Peter's boat, and he stands there, which was kind of like awful forward of Jesus to be like, oh, here's a boat. I'll climb into it today. And then Simon comes back, and he's like, okay, this guy's in my boat. And, and Simon, Simon just kind of stands there, and he's listening to him. He hears the words that Jesus was teaching, and we know from Jesus' teaching, it was good. Like, it was engaging. It had all the right stuff in it. He laid out kingdom truths that nobody had ever thought of before. People were legitimately interested in what Jesus had to say and Peter sits through all of this and he hears what Jesus is saying and what was the response nothing there was no response to Jesus' teaching we need to write this on our heart you do not make disciples by beating somebody over the head with a Bible Okay. The, yes, the Bible is very necessary. We have to speak truth into the world. But if all people know about you is what you throw at them from the Bible and they don't know your heart or Christ's heart behind the scripture, we're doing something wrong. See, Peter heard everything that Jesus said and it had little effect on him. Even Jesus, his teachings were heard but not often received. And alone, they changed very few things. We know that Jesus taught literally to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And they were interested in what he said. It's interesting. that's something I've never thought of. What does that mean? He was a good speaker. He used all these parables and examples. But yet, at Jesus's death, there were only a few hundred of those who would have considered themselves believers in him as the Messiah. Many people heard, but not many received. And so it's interesting that nothing changed there. Point B, what we're going to see is he didn't rely on just teaching. Point B is that Jesus took initiative. Jesus seeks Peter out. He doesn't wait for Peter to come to him and ask questions. Listen to verse 4 for just a second. It says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, he said to Simon, Simon didn't come to him. Peter didn't come to him and say, oh, that was really interesting. I'd like to know more. Let's grab lunch and you can tell me some more about this kingdom of heaven. He gets done talking. Peter's like, this guy's done. I can go home. And Jesus is like, so how you doing, man? You ready to have a discussion? Jesus took the initiative to pursue people and put himself in places that, that people were not necessarily always comfortable with. See, he's talking to this uninterested fisherman, but Jesus pursues him past his interests. And he says to him, hey, why don't you launch out and try to grab something else? And I love Peter. Peter, if you come on Wednesday nights, we love to bully Peter here. When we get to heaven, he's going to be so mad. It's like, I heard y'all talking about me. Peter sarcastically replies, I ain't caught nothing all night, but I'll do it again just for you, Mr. Stood in My Boat and seems to have a bossy complex problem. But, but Jesus pursued him in this and he was willing to have the awkward conversations. And even though Peter complies, probably just out of politeness, Jesus takes the initiative. And what does he do? He doesn't say, good, now that I got you out here and you're stuck with me, let me tell you some more things you need to hear. Jesus begins to meet Peter where Peter's at. And he meets the needs of Peter in that moment. Point C on your take-home truths is Jesus met people's needs. Jesus met people's needs. He, he did what he had to do to reach people in their specific situation. Now let's think about Peter for a second. Peter is a commercial fisherman. This is his job. He has been out all night. I don't know if any of you guys have all ever stayed up all night. I know that if you were here a few years ago, we did that at Lock-Ins. It was horrible. Some people slept and cheated, but the rest of us stayed up all night. Some of you work night shift. It's exhausting. Our bodies are are not made to have to work through the night and sleep through the day. Peter has been up all night. I assume he's cranky. Not only that, he has worked all night and he has nothing to show for it. Now, many of us, I don't know about most of us, many of us have worked at jobs where you have to be successful to profit. We, we, we work at jobs sometimes that pay hourly, hey, show up, and as long as you're here, you get the money, but some of us, whether it's in farming or sales or another twenty or thirty things I couldn't even mention, have worked in jobs where you have to produce to profit and when you fall short of that, when the equipment breaks down when you're farming, when the sales doesn't go your way because there's a storm, it's very demoralizing to have put in the work and have nothing to show for it that's where Peter was. what Peter needed was a victory what Peter needed. Was something in his nets, and so what does Jesus say to him? Cast your nets and see what happens. And Jesus gave him more fish than Peter may have caught in a week or a month at that time. Now, I'll be very clear: Jesus doesn't need all of these fish. He has no use for them. He does this as a gift to Peter. He shares it with Peter. So point D with Jesus is Jesus gave generously. Jesus could have performed any amount of miracles, but he chooses to meet Peter's need. He chooses to give to Peter abundantly. He's like, well, why why did you have to do so much, Jesus? Why would you do that? The better question is, why not? Because for Jesus to cause one fish to be in that net and to cause a thousand fish to be in that net was really no difference to him. It was just as easy to do one as it was the other. And so out of his abundance that he had the ability to give of, he gave abundantly. Let me say that again. Jesus gave abundantly out of his own abundance. We're going to come back to that in just a second. Point D is that Jesus opened doors to meet spiritual needs by serving physical needs. Jesus opened the door to meet spiritual needs of people by serving their physical needs. We see here that that Peter sees this. He sees this power. He sees that this is a, a personal power, and this is what opened the door for him. Not what he heard Jesus say, but when he saw Jesus personally meet his needs. When he saw Jesus personally meet him where he was. And at this moment... He falls at Jesus' feet, not just in thanks, but in recognition that he met my needs. He has done a miracle, but it was personal. It was aimed at me because of his love. And because of Jesus' personal love for Peter, we see Peter develop a personal faith. Because of Jesus' personal love for Peter, we see Peter develop a personal faith. And the last one point F is Jesus made disciples and called them to make more disciples. Immediately Jesus says, you're mine, but you have a job. You belong and now you have duties. I accept others, you bring more to me. Peter, you are now a fisher of men. So here's the overarching story of how Jesus pursues people to himself. He he, he takes the initiative to pursue them. He serves them. We see faith boil in them. And then he sends them to work to do the same thing. This is how disciples are made. I picked this story because it lays it out very clearly. But the entirety of Jesus' ministry was him walking this earth, serving the physical needs of people for the opportunity to serve their spiritual needs. That's what he did. Now Paul says this, not Peter, Paul says this later in the Bible. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's not saying be like me. Here's what he's saying. He's like... I try to live my life like Jesus would. If you're a believer in Jesus, you should live your life like Jesus would too. Do, do the same things that Jesus did. So if that's true of us, if we're imitating Christ, if we're like Paul and we want to be like him, we should adopt Jesus's process of disciple making. Taking the initiative, meeting people's physical needs, being generous, opening doors that will allow us to meet people's spiritual needs, and making disciples who make disciples. Now, you and I, I hate to tell you this, and if somebody's told you this, you're wrong. They're wrong. You do not have the gift of miracles. And I know some of you are like, yes, I do. I got here this morning. That may be a miracle, but that's not the gift of miracles. What you and I have is we have an abundance to give out of. I love you all. I want you to know you are the richest people on earth. Even those of us that that do not feel rich are richer than 90% of the people that walk this earth. If you came here today and you've had food and you had gas to get here, you're doing better than most in this world. We live in a community. We live in a world of abundance. We buy storage buildings and we spend money to keep things that we don't ever intend to use again because we have so much stuff. And so out of abundance, we, like Jesus, give abundantly. In order to open the door to meet somebody Spiritual needs. If you're new to Ramsey Heights, I want you to know this is a major heartbeat of our church that we follow the Great Commission in giving generously. Here's our goal for our church we want to be a community church. This church with this address was placed here for a reason by God, and that reason is to serve Southside, shay Riverview, Clearview, and anybody else we can make a connection with. That's what this church is here for. But when we gather here, we don't gather here with our heart and our mind on this particular building. We gather here, we worship God with our hearts on the world out there. Because out there, there are people who need Christ. Out there, there are people who need the joy that we have. And so we make disciples in the same way that Jesus did. And it's not just Operation Christmas Child. Many of you donate abundantly to the food pantry. Our church gives abundantly to missions, both in individual giving as well as in community. collective giving and it's not just to feel good it's because we believe that this opens doors and so for that reason i want to tell you something this is this is not a shoebox. this is a key that unlocks a door for somebody to have an opportunity to come to faith in christ we've got a video coming up watch this with us and then you'll hear from our operation christmas child director
1: My name is Kresnik Chahaya, and I come from Southeastern Europe. I was six years old during the war in Kosovo, which left a lot of people very poor. The place was just devastated. It was, the the houses were burned, the schools were were destroyed. There was a lot of um, pain. And poverty. My family decided to stay in Kosovo during the whole time to shelter from one place to another. We would try to sleep in my mother's lap with the whole neighborhood in in one basement. So it was it was tight. It was uh, hot. No room to play. No room to move. Loud to the point where we couldn't sleep. We couldn't rest. A couple years after, we had this really cool group of people come in to our school. These people came with their smiles and they came with with a light heart. It was Christmas time. We heard the story of Joseph and Mary and how Jesus was born. I got lost in the story because it reminded me as a six year old in the basements when we were trying to shelter. It was just that parallel of, of how Jesus never had a place to be born and they had to put Him in a manger, find whatever means they can to, for Him to be born. I related to that and I wanted to know more. I was curious. Then we, we lined up, we got our boxes. It was the best day of my life. I had never received something that was my own. Together with the box, there was a pamphlet and it came from the church for a kids ministry. I was more curious and it just kept building and building. About 10 years old, I decided to give my life to to Jesus. I grew up to lead that ministry, and I believe to this day that whoever put that box together prayed about that and prayed for an eight-year-old boy somewhere in the world to receive, and it will come to know Jesus. Well, that's, that's what happened. An eight-year-old boy received a gift and changed his life forever.
2: Okay, so um, my name is Jessica Coates. If you don't know me, I'll go ahead and say it. And I am the OZZ leader here at Ramsey Heights. And um, I just wanted to come up and tell you a couple things before we do our dedication service. And I'm gonna try to make it. If you don't know, my heart gets full and tears come out, but I'm gonna try really hard to not let that happen. Um, so in 2023, we decided 250 boxes. And Brian's sort of right on that story. He goes, can you do it? And I said, I think so. <laughs> and I wasn't quite sure. Honestly, I didn't have faith. And yesterday when we were doing our packing party, I gave kind of like my testimony for the year of 2023. And I shared a little bit with y'all about how it was just a hard year. It was a hard year for me. It's probably a hard year for a lot of us. Um, and so I kind of labeled. Every year, I try to label our year as something that I can look back on. I can reflect, and I can see what did God do to make this happen. And so I labeled it do hard things. I tried. (laughs) Y'all are not helping me. Um, And so I labeled it do hard things. And um, because I believe this church has to do hard things to get these 250 boxes, y'all had to donate Everybody can see me. Y'all had to donate your time, your prayers, your money for this to actually happen. Each box we donate ten dollars per box. We were way over that two thousand and five hundred in July, which is amazing. Glad for y'all, cause y'all did awesome. Normally in November, I'm like, come on, give me some more money. But y'all didn't y'all didn't even hesitate, you know? And then as the months kept going, people kept coming up to me and goes, What do you need? what do you need and i would tell them it would show up the next day just like christmas (laughs) it would just show up each each time and that is something that y'all did and that was hard it's very hard for us to get 250 boxes 250 toothbrushes washcloths combs toys shoes clothing um if you were here yesterday we had tables lined up and they were just packed I had to put boxes under the tables because of how how much y'all gave out of your pockets and out of your hearts. And I really appreciate that. And we did do hard things. And um, i label that as well because these kids do hard things too, don't they? They go through a lot that we can never imagine. And I love this video because he had to do something hard. He had to live his life we can never imagine. That God used it and transformed him. And that's what y'all did this year in your personal lives, I'm sure, as well as in our, our life as a church, is that we're not going to let the hard things define us. We're going to use the hard things and we're going to transform them for God. And that's what we're doing here today is that we're using these hard things and we're sending them off at the last part and we're using them for God. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your love and your time that you've given and I just it makes me so happy I can cry obviously but it makes me so happy that God has provided these hard times not so we can endure it so that we can make it transformed into something amazing something that's great about Operation Christmas Child is it's simple it's easy you get a box you fill it up you ship it off it's easy it's simple but it does something big and that's what God is, is God gives us this faith for salvation. It's easy. You just believe. You just have faith. And he's, he's yours forever. And that's what these boxes are, is simple gifts. And it's going to be a big difference in their lives. In Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then just a couple more verses after that, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's what we're wanting to do for these kids. We wrote messages in these kids, on these boxes. We packed them with love, we gave our time. But now it's the time to pray for them and their communities. And if you've watched these videos, these boxes don't just reach one people, they reach a community. They go home and they tell their family about God. And what's really encouraging, guys, is that the newer videos, they're starting off as, my mom told me about Christ. They know it, they know. And so they're getting to do it more and more and more. They're getting to spread that word farther and farther away because they're reaching so many people and that is because of you and I really want to thank you for that I told Brian I said I'm not a speaker but I just wanted to come up and just say thank you so much I appreciate your hearts and your love and um, so I really thank you for these 250 boxes these blessings that are going to be used in a big way and today I'm asking you just to pray to pray over these boxes to pray the next couple months as they get packaged and sent wherever they go and just just pray for these families and what a big difference this simple gift is going to make.
0: <clears throat> when she says her heart is full, she's not joking. Uh, we got home at 11:08 yesterday. Some of you know why it's a big deal. I'm glued to the TV. Wasn't that awesome, Brian? Pause. It was great, baby we did that for a long time uh, today the, the, the ending of our service today there's no, no invitation no response time this is our dedication time and, and we do this by taking these boxes in hand um, and, and just praying for those particular boxes that God will guide them these boxes are not are not just a shoe box each one of these represent a child somewhere in a family who is going to be blessed by this and so we're going to just take time to pray for them so what I'm going to ask I've got a couple guys coming up here who are going to help me kind of pass these out but uh, what we're going to ask you guys to do here in a second is come up here, get a box, get a two, find somewhere here in the first few pews, and then I'm going to give us some prayer prompts. RB's going to start playing some music for us. So everybody, visitors included, come up here, grab a box. We're going to pray over them. They need prayed on. Thank you for joining us this week at Ramsey Heights. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and if you did, feel free to share it with others. If we can help you begin to follow Jesus or grow in your relationship with Him, join us on Sundays or connect with us on social media or our website, online.